I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast by Mike Myers. And we clear. Hey, horny babies! Welcome back to 2017. You're listening to Mike Check with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos, the only show where two comedians watch the entire filmography of Mike Myers just to check if it's still good. I'm Cameron James, and Alexi is also here. Hello! <laughs> How you doing? I'm very good, thank you And thank you so much for having us in your home on this day to talk about Shrek Oh, we're getting shrek we're getting shrek It's going to be very exciting And we have an awesome guest You introduce him, why don't you? You know, <laughs> you know this guy from the Little Dum Dum Club mm-hmm. You know this guy from the podcast Filthy Casuals mm-hmm. And you know him from his meme page Tommy Daslow memes <laughs> It's Tommy Daslow himself Hey, that's not my meme But I should point out I don't run that page Someone said to <laughs> me the other day That, that they think they think I run it Which is <laughs> It's a page that my friends set up Where they make memes about me And it's they're very funny But like if I did that about myself I'd be a fucking insane person Yeah yeah, or a genius because they're pretty yeah. fucking good. They're good. I mean, I wish I was that funny. Like they're very mean, though. That's the other thing. They're always a lot of them are very mean about me. So if, if I'm making them about myself, like that just means I'm some piece of shit with it's... no self esteem who's just putting himself on the line for the greater good of content. Well, thank you so much for helping us create some content for the greater good. It's, it's all I'm about. We are all about content, and you know what else I'm all about? Being on lists. And the mm-hmm. three of us in this room today, we are on a list. Are we really? We're on the Guardian Top Podcast. Episodes. Oh, yeah. 2016, we finally did it, and you're here to collaborate with us. Mm, that was a nice little... That was a, That's the way the three of us met. I didn't know you guys before that <laughs> yeah. list. Yeah. The list. The Guardian invited us to their party to celebrate. Yep. We and went to Guardian. We were all had to wear suits. Yeah. And um, they revealed... In the room, who had won the award? But it had it, there were other podcasts there that weren't even nominated, mm-hmm. and it was just to spook them out, <laughs> just so that we, they could see the winners and what it truly feels like to be an absolute winner. And now we've got huge egos. Yeah, I was um, pretty happy to be on that list, but they said this weird thing about ours where they were like, "I found it very annoying when the hosts started talking." So they kind of like. Put us on the list, but then shit on the one regular part of the show. So it's basically The Guardian going, hey, Lawrence Mooney and Fiona O'Loughlin are really cool. Don't know about these two other losers, but like, yeah, I don't know. Well, we love those two other losers, and it's great for you to be part of our podcast. One half of those two losers is on this show now. I'm really hoping that we get to be on the list for this year as well. That's all I want, really. Maybe this episode. episode. They're kind of obligated to put this episode on. Good on them. Yeah, good on them. Good on them. Good on podcast. Good on uh, Mike. That's what we're really here for. We're talking about Mike Myers, the Mm -hmm. star of this film and the star of our hearts. (laughs) He's one of the greatest comedians of all time. And in the year 2001, he starred in one of the most successful animated films of all time. That film 
is Shrek. <laughs> Alexi, you're doing that thing again where you stare off into the middle distance <laughs> and just autistically <laughs> sound like I've written stuff down, yeah, but it's just like making you're it reading up. an auto cue. To be fair, okay. that would be weirder if he was making direct eye contact with either of us <laughs> as he just read out the Wikipedia page of Shrek. Now, you say at the start of the show, you say checking in with the films of Mike Myers to check Mm. that they're still good. Mm. So it's taken as writ on this podcast that that those films were indeed once good. Yes. I've never broken down the language of it like that before. Well, yeah, I guess so. To be honest, Cameron says that I've disagreed with it every time that he says it, but often they are still good. Yeah, okay. Mm. I mean, for two guys that love Mike Myers, it's weird that we've loved most of the movies that we've watched doing this podcast. Yeah, believe it or not. I know you've had to go into some obscure ones so far, but Uh based on the fact that you're doing this kind of chronologically, you're still in the glory days of, of, of Mike's filmography. I think so, I think so. What and do you is... think about Mike? That's what I want to know. What's your What's your Mike relationship like? Um, like most, well, like everyone in this country, Austin Powers won on mm. VHS. Mm. Um, yep, and could, was so excited for the second one when that was coming. Uh, out. Yeah. That was right yeah. in the sweet spot for me. I think I was in year seven, oh, so just yeah. the right age for it. When and you're it... finding out what horny is, <laughs> yeah, you like exactly. to laugh, but you also like to be horny. And so you go to that cinema, you get the laughs from Mike, you get the horniness from Heather. It's perfect. You crack a huge boner. Yeah, it's great. Um, I remember that when that was coming out, like because it was like the same time as the Phantom Menace, right? So all mm-hmm. their teaser trailers and stuff, they did all those really cool trailers where they made it look like. The, it, like it was going to be a Star Wars trailer, yeah, uh, and then yeah. it was like turned the pullback and reveal was that it was Austin Powers, which I thought was cool at the time. It's funny, it's cutting edge humor. Yeah, I saw it. I saw Austin Powers two three times on the weekend it came out. I loved wow. it. I loved it so much. That is awesome. Yeah, I've watched the commentary on the DVD multiple times. I, I loved it's a great it so commentary yeah. track. So that's your favorite Mike movie, probably. I reckon, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I actually, well, I will say I've found I've tried to rewatch them recently, and it's very dated. Mm. Wayne's World, I think, holds up more than Austin's World does. Wayne's World, yeah. 25 years this year, isn't it? Is yeah, 25th anniversary of Wayne's World this right, year. Right, Yeah, I think that film doesn't have as much sort of stuff in it that's a little... I mean, Austin Powers, I don't know, some of the stuff in it's a little dodgy now. Mm, I don't. I disagree. You disagree? 100%. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think it's still all cool mm-hmm. and still sexy and funny. It still makes us <laughs> horny is what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. And we often watch these movies together and we're just there, sitting there, boned up to the <laughs> nights, just enjoying it's it. still sexy. I like the idea that sexiness dates. <laughs> a lot of vagina, very sexy. A lot of vaginas, that's that's funny. Yeah, that's still funny. I mean, that's, you're right, that holds up. It passes our, our three-pronged test of Mike Myers, sexy, funny, cool. Yeah. And that's all three of them. But he was pulling a bit of a rort with those films where he was just kind of like doing the same jokes in in all mm-hmm. three movies. Mm. Like I remember that being a bit of a criticism at the time, which is fair enough. Like, yeah, you know, it's not like that was happening in like the fifties where people weren't <laughs> like, you know, you couldn't get your hands on movies to rewatch. Yeah. yeah, in between, it's like people have DVDs. People have seen the the silhouette of stuff going into his ass before. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fool us a third time with this. Do you know they actually shot that? Um... An unrated version where you actually see it penetrating his asshole. <laughs> oh, that would be great. So the joke is, it's like people watching a silhouette, and you, the audience, are like, "Oh, this is a case of, you yeah. know, this is a case of like they're seeing they're seeing the wrong thing." Yeah. And then it cuts to in the tent, and she actually is just pulling a mouse out of his asshole. 
<laughs> but that's those soldiers when they're watching him in the tent where they're like, whoa, look at all this. It's like she literally just like grabs a tennis racket and yeah. it comes out immediately. Like, yeah. how yeah. fluid do they think Austin Powers' asshole is where stuff is just sliding right out of it? <laughs> well, if I had to pick one guy in cinema history, maybe it is Austin that's got the most fluid asshole. Got the loosest ass. Oh, yeah. I reckon Fat Bastard. I'd have yeah. to say Fat Bastard. Well, me and my housemate were Googling the other day, is Austin Powers bisexual? He must be, right? Like, they never go into he it. He swings. But... Yeah, he's a swinger, yeah. and he fucks his own self. <laughs> yeah, he does, <laughs> oh, he does yeah, there's a three-way with that himself. That joke in the end, yeah, yeah. Is so, it a joke, or is it real? Who knows? Yeah, is that one of those, like, yeah, is what happens during the credits canon? <laughs> you know some films when they're, like, all the characters in the movie just doing a big song and dance number? Yeah. Like, at the end, it's like, wait, so did, did this happen? Or? Did that actually happen at the end of Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they actually do that? Did they actually go around singing they, after all that torture? Did, did they teleport to somewhere they grew up 20 years ago just to do one part of the dance? We were talking earlier about watching... Um, uh, we should do more episodes about porn versions of Mike Myers' films. <laughs> yeah. I reckon you're eventually going to run out of the actual filmography that's there. <laughs> yeah. And I reckon there must be... What's that company? Is it called, like, Vivid or something? There's, like, a company oh, that, I don't know, that does... <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of it. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm not into that. I just have real sex. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, you got there... zing, dude. How does it feel? <laughs> there is some company that always gets, like, they make... They're the big one that makes all the porn parodies. Mm. Yeah. And so they've made one for girls and they've made one of, like, Spongebob. Like, every yeah. few months you see someone will share around the yeah. article, like, here's the horrifying Simpsons porn where they've, like, painted uh, themselves yellow. Uh. They would have done Austin Powers, surely to God. Of course. It's an yeah. easy it's it's easy one to do. Yeah. It's basically a porno as it is. Yeah, I reckon it would be just as funny as Austin Powers. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. They just get a great charismatic porn actor to be Austin. James yeah. Dean. I'd love it. Well, maybe not him anymore. <laughs> I, I remember in high school, my friend and I, who were like big comedy nerds, they just uh, like they had just released those Seinfeld porn parodies. Yeah, and we saw the trailer for them, and they looked amazing. It looked like episodes of Seinfeld. <laughs> he does like stand up about dildos, and then we were like, "Great, let's watch this," because we we loved Seinfeld, and we got so uh, excited. It's gonna be like new, we're gonna see new episodes, and it was just me and my friend having a sleepover, and we put it on, <laughs> and it's like it's just like it starts out great. It's James Dennis, Jerry Seinfeld doing stand-up. We're like, great, that's cool. But then the rest of the episode is just Kramer fucking two cheeks. And it's a guy. <laughs> it's just a guy that looks exactly like Kramer doing the best impersonation. And we're just sitting there going like, yeah, this isn't funny. We're just watching porn now. But it is, but it is I, I guess it is like, yeah, sex is always like really in the margins of that mm. show. Like they talk about it in like a very mm. kind of vague way. So is it just filling in the gaps of like what you know is happening? Oh, ha- he fills in like, that gap. Like, let like, me they do the contest episode, but you watch them all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Kramer's a big time pussy hound on that yes. show, isn't he? Like he's always yeah. coming. Well, I mean, they Jerry's all are. George, they all does. Are, yeah. George, George is does. getting laid. George does well for himself. He's cool, yeah. man. George Costanza is one of the coolest characters. <laughs> he is cool. He slays it, dude. I just can't. I just love your justification before for watching Porno. <laughs> yeah. Me and my friend were big comedy nerds. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Shrek, there'll definitely be a porn parody of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wayne's World, I doubt it. I would watch it though. Yeah, if there was yeah. one. But yeah. yeah, there's got to be a Shrek one because we've seen that there's Shrek the musical, the oh, Broadway boy. musical, and we've yeah. seen what those actors like in the make. It, no, it looks horrific. Looks, yeah, looks great. Looks sexy. Yeah. So it's like you found it, Alexi, and it's mm-hmm. like an image of a guy who's basically just painted himself green, uh, and there's a little bit of prosthetic work. 
It's very disturbing. It really, it really fucked me up to see that image because it just looks grotty. Why? And then there's Donkey. That's just some dude that's got a mustache, and then <laughs> and Donkey is on. Like, go to less trouble with Shrek if that's what you're doing with. But donkey. why wouldn't you make it like big animatronic puppet style, like yeah. those original Ninja mm. Turtles movies? Like, why wouldn't exactly. you do it like that, like a big full on suit? Don't paint some guy. Maybe it's got to sing better. Who knows? Maybe. Someone went and saw Aladdin recently and they said that Iago, the bird, is just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even, they're not even pretending it's a bird anymore. Like, Here's Iago, so now it's just this weird little slave it's friend of Jafar. just this dude who hangs around Jafar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Abu, the monkey, is three guys, apparently. What? Yeah, not even a monkey or anything. What do you mean three, three guys? He hangs out with three blokes. Yeah. Yeah, so Aladdin hangs down with three guys. So what's, Aladdin... this, what's this equation that they've come up with for animals? <laughs> and like, a bird is worth one person, but a monkey is worth three. Like, what is this scale we're working on? That's also bizarre because the story of Aladdin is about a lonely guy who steals and then gives to other kids. But now it's about a gang because it's like yeah. it's just four yeah. blokes hanging out. It's entourage. And then the genie's just played by like a camel or something. They've just got like a live animal on stage, painted blue. All right, awesome. shall we get into our discussion of Shrek? Absolutely, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are discussing the Mike Myers classic from 2001 by DreamWorks Animated Studios, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's Shrek, babe. DreamWorks Animated <laughs> Studios. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm making waffles. This summer, one name spells action. You're not exactly what I expected. One name spells adventure. How about it? Before this is over, I'm going to need a whole lot of serious therapy. One name. Don't look down. I'm looking down. Spells romance. It's no way to behave in front of a princess. Ooh. She's as nasty as you are. Come on! There's an arrow in your butt! Oh! Oh. And that name is... Shrek. Shrek? Thank you very much. I'm here till Thursday. Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow. You love this woman, don't you? Yes. You want to hold her? Yes. Please! Yes! Then you got to, got to turn a little peasant Shrek. Wow. Let's do that again. No, no. Shrek tells the tale of Shrek, an ogre who lives in the swamp. (laughs) Shrek is a lonely guy that doesn't really fuck around with other people. But one day a donkey lands in his swamp neighborhood and then he must try and get rid of him and all the other fairy tale creatures that have been banished to the swampland by none other than the evil Lord Farquaad. And then to kind of to fix up this shit or something, he has to uh, find a princess in a tower uh, that Farquaad wants to marry. So he's got to try and rescue the princess so Farquaad can marry her, become king, get rid of all the fairy tale animals from his swampland, including um, a transvestite wolf. And, uh, and then um, stuff goes down where he falls in love with the princess instead. 
That's a great synopsis. Uh, just wanted that on record that Alexi was making that up off the top of his no, head. No, that's actually the official blurb <laughs> on the back <laughs> of the DVD. <laughs> that's really good. It's basically a movie about being fuck ugly and then getting getting used to it by the end of it and embracing it. Yeah, it's a little bit like... I remember being very annoyed when I was that age because every kid's movie, the message was just be yourself. Yeah. Mm. Like, every kid's movie just did that again and again and mm. again. And that's uh, fine. That's a fine message to learn. Yes, but we don't need to learn it again and again. <laughs> we don't need it. It's just reinforcing. Yeah. At that point, it's propaganda when it just keeps pushing it into your brain. When, totally. When did you first see it? I saw it. I would have seen it in the cinemas when it yeah. came out. Uh-huh. Um, which, how old would I have been? I would have been 15. 2001, yeah. I was 15. Yeah. And so at the it, time, did you like it? I did like it at the time, yeah. So I, I was saying to you guys before, like, growing up, I was, like, a big animation nerd. Like, mm. I loved, like, that's what I wanted to do uh, when I finished school. And I was very into, like, it Like it would it would always annoy me. And it still does when people go, oh, that Pixar movie, Shrek. Because it's, like, it's yeah. so not mm. a Pixar. Like, Pixar's, like, a very clear aesthetic. It's, like, how mm. can you confuse the two? Like, exactly. It's, like, it's to me, it's, like, watching a football game and going, oh, this cricket seems interesting. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's so obviously not that thing. Um, and so I was kind of like, I was kind of anti it because like, I, like DreamWorks had had always sort of been like the other one that like wasn't Mm. as, wasn't as cool or artistic as Pixar. Like it was a bit more. Was this the first big DreamWorks? I I was thinking that before. I think it. Prince of Egypt before this. Yeah, and that was traditional animation. Yeah, they yes. would always they would do two D ones, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, they had a bunch I think they did Anastar- Anastasia Anastasia. I was about to as say, well. yeah. Uh, uh so yeah, I was kind of a bit like yeah, a, a, opposed to it in principle. Mm. But then I went and saw it and at the time I thought it was really funny. Like I thought it was at the time it did a lot more it, you know, Disney was kind of faltering quite a lot at the time pixar was just becoming big but even though pixar was really cool like this had a this had a bit more of a cool edge to it i remember at the time like it was a bit more like kind of riffing on the idea of um of of the fairy tales and stuff and a bit more references and it's quite meta and it's a little bit more raunchy than we're used to in those kind of disney or pixar animated films yeah that's that's actually the word i was looking for it was more meta it was a bit more self-aware than yeah than Pixar, which I, which at the time I thought was really cool. Me I, too, because like Snow White's in it and stuff, and the dwarves, and it's mm. kind of making fun of Disney a bit. Mm. I remember yeah. at the time thinking it was cool. I mean, there's that scene where yeah, all the fairy tales turn up in his swamp, and it's yeah. like a little like, oh, this is what a world of all these mm. all, all these things living together would be like, and the wolves doing this with the. But I'm glad you said. Um, I'm glad you said that thing about Disney have uh, Pixar having a very clear aesthetic because. Mm. We watched Shrek the Halls a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And that was one of the main things we talked about was how DreamWorks animation, even though it's kind of impressive, I guess, in a way, it's not it's not stylish at all. Like it doesn't, no. There's no stylization nice. at it's, all. Well, I think the big difference, and, you know, it just DreamWorks have always seemed like it's a bunch of dudes in a boardroom wanting mm. to make money, whereas, yeah. you know, Pixar and traditionally Disney has been, you know, artists that really, really care and are, like, really passionate about their design and have a love for the old style of things like mm. these characters don't look like like shrek the whole look of this film which maybe we're jumping ahead in yeah. in, ha- in how you wanted to talk about this but it just it's so bland like it shrek it's looks got... like the design of shrek l- literally looks like a first pass at the yeah, character totally yeah. yeah and all the rest of the characters in this film are just they look too real they just there's no style about them whatsoever there's no characterization there's no cartoon it's a bit polar express yeah like, it's a little bit yeah. uncanny valley it's yeah and it's kind of weird that 
especially if we're thinking about this kind of in the canon of Mike Myers films, all his other movies the live action ones are alive with yeah. kind of magic and cartoonish nature. Yeah. And if you look at, think about all the other contemporary to this time cartoon films, it's stuff like Monsters Inc. Mm. And um, the Jimmy Neutron film, which was the other film nominated for best animated film of that year. Oh, They're wow. very like cartoonish yeah. styles. And this is a cartoon movie that feels like a live action Yeah, you're movie. right. It has no energy, does it? And yeah, yeah like, it's all very flat and angular. Yeah. like, And especially you're in this world of fairy tales. So so it's like, you know, big talking wolves and like little pigs and stuff. And they just look so <laughs> bland. Like yes. it just yeah. all looks the color palette. I know that it, like that's intentional in some mm. bits, but the, all the environments are just very like angular. Like the whole thing kind of looks like someone's uh, like end of end of uh, end of year assignment for their, you yeah. know, for their 3D animation degree. Like, yeah, you're it, it right. It just looks like a it's tech It's all like demo. mid shots and they're pretty stationary as well. Whereas now we've seen animation has changed so much where like the camera moves are so impressive in yeah. animation movies. Now. But it, that's, it doesn't really look bad. It's just kind of boring. It's, and it's kind of it, Yeah, it's kind of unfair to go too hard on it because it's technology that's, what, 15, no, 16 years old at this point. Yeah. Um, but even Toy Story, we were saying, which came out five years before it, I mean, there's more life. I, I think they're working around the limitations of what they had a lot better than they are in than they do in Shrek. I must agree. Yeah, I must agree. <laughs> um, I think as well what the the imagery that they're trying to evoke with the style of this film is stuff like what the Princess Bride was trying to do, yeah. where it's kind of very sta- looks very stagey and it's trying to evoke the memories of films like Robin Hood and The Wizard of Oz, like from the 1930s, where there is some colour and the colour is very exciting. The films yeah. are kind of invented what we know as colour cinema. But at the same time, it's all very staged. It's all very costumey. But not don't... in a way that's exciting or stylish nowadays. I just don't know why they felt like they had to make it look like it's the real world. Like yeah, the... I know. Why they felt like they had to go for as far as they could get with mm. realism. Like, no one's going to be tricked and go, wow, that's a real <laughs> short yeah. dude. Like, just, just make that them guy, look... Who can believe that guy's that short? <laughs> Yeah. Someone should do re-edits of like all the old Warner Brothers cartoons where you just draw Elmer Fudd as like a super realistic drawing yeah. of a human, but then everyone else is real fucked up and cartoony. That would be great. That's what they should do instead of this. this... Well, you know that this won the Oscar. It was the first animated yeah. film to win that Best Animated Feature Oscar. Right. So it, it impressed. Um. Yeah, I mean, I do remember. I mean, this came out and it was like, it was huge immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah it was sort of... I guess I was, uh, but I, I didn't even feel like I was out of the, um, like I went to it because I had an interest in animation mm. anyway, but like we were saying, it was a bit meta and it was a bit cool. Mm. So it was kind of, it didn't feel like you were a bit too old to be seeing this kid's movie. Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to remember too why it was so cool at the time or why it blew up so much. And was this the first one to really have like pop songs in it and stuff like that? I, I know now so. that's a huge yeah. trend now. They don't, yeah. And it's weird now because Disney do that in their films, but they never really did that. Like, yeah, there's not back a, then. There's a Rihanna song in Wreck-It Ralph, which drives oh, me yeah. crazy because it just yeah. doesn't, it's so jarring. And yeah. I kind of, again, I'm, I'm a bit of, I've got a bit of a traditionalist nerdy kind of thing in that where yeah. I just hate, but this kind of worked it into the film and yeah. like they had, like the the band are playing the song at the end that you're hearing, mm. which mm. I guess is like okay. They're my favorite band. <laughs> no, the, the band of dwarves. The band of dwarves, dwarves and donkey on the lead vocals. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I want Donkey to sing every song. I want yeah. him in every band. I think so that cool. actually is a Shrek karaoke yeah. that you might be interested in. I used nice. to have it. I had it on okay. VHS. Really? Yeah, it's very nice. good. They all do their own songs. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a few Smash Mouth songs on there. Believe it or of not. Of course. Mm. Yeah. Um, that they made a lot of money for them. I bet the boys. Well, the, yeah. I I just I remember loving. At the time, the the gingerbread man mm. being interrogated yeah. in in this, like, I just, still think that's a good scene. Yeah, that I just again just kind of like funny and a bit dark in a way that Disney mm. kind of didn't really do at the time. Yeah, his legs are broken off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's using silly dialogue from like nursery rhymes yeah. about yeah. the muffin man. Yeah, I think that's kind of what the that's at the. At the best, that's what that film is. Mm. At its absolute peak, it's stuff like that where it's using, it's kind of showing kind of darker imagery, but with uh, childlike uh, dialogue through it all. And totally. simple fairy tale kind of storytelling. It was also nominated for a Best Screenplay Oscar as well. It's crazy screenplay. to me. Yeah. It's, that's mm. what's really. Because I was too young, uh, I was at that weird point. I've talked about this before when we talked about Shrek the Halls. Where I was, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, and I saw this. I saw this movie when I was maybe eleven, and at the time, I was just too old for it to to be interested in cartoons as right, much. It was right. just you're sort of coming of out of that, and yeah. a bit more like because you always want stuff that's pitched like a little bit above exactly. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Before I could appreciate any of it, and especially like there's that scene with the merry men where they uh, it turns into the Matrix, and I remember at the time going like, "How dare they make fun of the Matrix?" I, <laughs> I just seen it, and it just blew my uh, mind. Yeah, man, you just got plugged in. Yeah, oh. I was switched on, baby, and it was my bag, and this was not happening. Where do they get off roasting <laughs> yeah. the most significant cultural event of our lifetime and of our cinema it's australian cinema exactly it's oh, aussie yeah, right all the great movies of that era aussie mission impossible 2 yeah <laughs> water rats it's all the same thing it's all filmed <laughs> in the same harbor the same Babe city two pig in the city yeah nice i remember like just watching it back now like i kind of i like i wish there was more of that i would like it more now if mm. there was more of that kind of meta Silly stuff in it because yeah. it turns into a very by the numbers story of yeah. you know just you know be happy with who you are which mm. which of course is why it was so popular because it's such a broad kind of easy message and it's mm. you know it's cute and it's nice at the end and whatever mm. but it uh, in terms of watching it back now all that stuff for me is just a bit like man who cares like you want more goofing yeah you want more goofing you know what I remember loving at the time the action sequences in this the, the couple that there are like when mm. he's in the tower yeah being chased by the dragon and everything I remember thinking that was done really well, well it, yeah. it kind of looks interesting it's, yeah it's like different colour palette it's, it's well it's staged shot. and everything yeah, and you kind of really believe it like yeah, it's um, cool yeah I thought that I thought those bits of it were what it does best. Yeah, at it the feels time. like swashbuckling. Like it yeah. really does evoke all of those feelings. Those bits and the jokes, but then all the rest of it—the love story and stuff—and the whole him mm. being sad about. What do you think about that onion metaphor? Because that's something that's really held up. People still use that metaphor when they talk about something being laid. They say it's like an onion. That's true. People say I've heard that shit. I still hear it all the <laughs> I time. I have a lot of DMs though. Yeah, I have a lot of DMs <laughs> with people. That's, that's kind of my the, thing. That's what the film is. It's kind of just one long DNF. <laughs> yeah. It's like Shrek and Donkey just going off. Like they've been kicked out of the pub at 3 a.m. Yeah. They're just yeah. walking around having a big old DNF, <laughs> trying to get to Macca's. That's my favorite part of the night. Some people look forward to beer o'clock. I look forward to DNF o'clock. <laughs> and Cameron calls it earlier and earlier every yeah. night. 
I go, hey, it's 7.30, is it D&M time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You arrive, no, no. you come in, you're like, hey, guys, hey, can we go for a chat? <laughs> <laughs> There's three time zones, AM, PM, and DM. <laughs> yeah, there's still there's still people still throw around. There's various lines of the donkey. The donkey especially mm. became a real uh, pop cultural kind of touchstone yeah. for a lot of people our age, I think. Eddie yeah. Murphy was nominated for fucking BAFTA award for his performance as Donkey. He's the first like yeah, so voice actor to be ever nominated for that. So BAFTA's is, it, is, is a British Oscars. Yeah, right. So but they just they'll just still nominate anything? I thought it, I, did, I never yeah. knew. I thought it had to be British, but No, they do everything, but they have like specific British categories okay, as well. Right. But it was also nominated for best best picture. bit of banter. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Gervais hosting that. Oh, oh man. Oh my goodness. The fucking takedowns he'd do. Oh. Oh. He'd rip into them. Yeah, he'd rip into them. Yeah, best um fictional story goes to the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he'd have a few things to say about Clarkson, wouldn't he? He'd be bad on notice. He'd have a go at Clarkson. So, you hate Donkey. You've said this before. See, when we watched Shrek the Halls, I hated Donkey. Yeah. Because I was... I, I, For me, there's those great comic characters in comedy history where it's just... They're annoying. Yeah. For the characters in the film. But for us watching it, we're delighted by how they irritate everyone else. Yeah. But we don't find them annoying. Like, great example of that is uh, John Candy in Planes, Trains, <laughs> oh, and Automobiles. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover for some reason. That's a great one, that's too. Another one. That's another yeah. perfect one. But I found the donkey to just not be that. I found him to be annoying for us in real life as well. But yeah. in this movie, I thought it worked. Because hmm. I thought there was enough moments of heart where he's also, he's the one that's trying to achieve the goal and he's also the one that is uh, a better communicator than Shrek. He's the one that's kind of repairing all the relationships between everyone. I did and I find, thought that was great. I did find that I'd kind of switched on the donkey watching it then. I found him a bit more annoying than I did when I was a kid. And yeah. I think it's because it, when you're a kid, you're watching it and he's like really antagonistic, which is kind of what you are when you're a kid. Yeah. You're a little piece of shit. Yeah. But now like it's flipped and it's like, no, I'm Shrek. Like I hate being annoyed by people. <laughs> yeah. Just fuck off and leave him alone. Like I identified a lot more with yoga this time around. I was like, yeah, just leave him alone. Why has he got to learn? <laughs> Why does he have to learn to, to, to accept other people? Because that's not what life is. Mm. Life is no. just fa- Facebook is the swamp where we're just in this bubble and we're all alone and we've just surrounded ourselves with just exactly what yeah. we want yeah. and nothing is allowed to penetrate it. That's what your life is. You just set yourself. That's the goal, isn't it? Yeah. You just slowly. You have too many friends when you're at school and then you slowly whittle them down until it's you and one other person who die together. <laughs> That's why most conversations are about other annoying people you yeah, saw. Yes. And you're like, I saw the worst fucking cunt at the cafe the other day. What was he doing? Oh, just texting. Probably. Just existing. Yeah, just being himself. He was just in all my, of him. He was in my fucking swamp, but that's all I could give a shit about. He looked confident. Yeah. He wasn't crying. He seemed genuinely happy. The nerve. And he had the nerve to do that in front of me. The absolute gall of some people. Let's get into this uh, Shrek as a Mike Myers film. Uh-huh. So the interesting thing about this was this wasn't originally a Mike Myers film. Yeah. Uh, but we do quite strongly associate it with him. But originally this was a Chris Farley film. Mm-hmm. And the film had been uh, in development even longer than that. Steven Spielberg... Uh, 
discovered the novel or a friend of his discovered not a novel it's like a let's call book. it a book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a few pages with some fucking drawings on it's them it's a pamphlet yeah. <laughs> so they discovered this and they said something uh, that Steven Spielberg said Shrek is a great character in search of a movie so this isn't the story of the book at all and uh, originally it was meant to be Bill Murray as Shrek wow okay. and Steve Martin as Donkey how good is that? Mm. Steven Spielberg comes along, buys the rights to this book from the author, mm. and it is basically gone. Love your character. Yeah. You <laughs> fucked up every other part of it. Like this book is dog shit. That thing on the cover, I'll have that. I'll give you money for that. But you can take yeah. literally every single page of this and shove it up your ass. <laughs> Spielberg going yeah. like you'd be wrapped because you're getting some huge check, but yeah. at the same time you'd be a little yeah. you'd be at the cinemas going what what was wrong with my version? Yeah. Well, you know, they did the How much thing, just uh... the green cunt and his name? That's all I give a shit about. <laughs> We're gonna put a donkey in there. Yeah. We're putting the gingerbread man in there. We're getting the guy from Third Rock in the Sun. Yeah. Here's your check now. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> you know they did the same thing with um, Forrest Gump because that's a book as well. Yeah. And they changed the story heaps. They just—it was the same idea of like a simple man who is throughout history has impacted all these things. Wow! But in the book, he is like way more handicapped, right? And racist, and he like fucking kills heaps does of it people have the in same, Vietnam and shit. Does and it have the same title? It's called Forrest Gump. Yeah, I guess that's kind I of. Thought the you meant Shrek. <laughs> is it called Shrek? <laughs> yeah, it's called Shrek. I guess that's. I guess it's kind of good in a mm. way though because like you get you yeah you get the money and it's not like it's trying to copy your vision and potentially like mm. fuck it up a little bit or whatever so your book can still be stand it's alone it's its, its own thing yeah and then more people are going to get involved because the movie's fucking huge yeah totally the yeah. guy made a sequel to Forrest Gump the book where the movie was made in the universe. Where, oh, wow. So he's like talking about the movie and shit and going that's, like, oh, they fucked up my life story. And that's, stuff. A, that's like Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah. He did that book where it's him as the author the of Informant. American Psycho. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. so weird. Imperial Bedroom. Imperial no, Bedroom. I'm a big yeah. Brett guy. <laughs> love the pod. Love his, love his characters. I relate to a lot of his characters. Do you really? Yeah, yeah just Bateman, man. Deeply fucked up. I'm so yeah. Bateman. You love deeply music. I love music. I love 80s music. I read The Rules of Attraction when I was in year uh, uh, year 11, year 10 or 11, Oof. angsty teen, yeah. and genuinely thought I might be bi for a couple of months because I was reading that book <laughs> and going, this sounds cool. This is t- making me heaps horny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems like such a tortured lifestyle. <laughs> I'm in. That'll show everyone. That'll show mum and dad. Um, yeah, that, so th- that's really interesting, like the fact that it was in development for mm. so long. Because like we're saying that it looks like a bit of a piece of shit. Yeah. And it was made in 2001. Imagine if they'd whipped it out like 10 years before. Like, yeah. fucking hell. I think that... It would have looked like a screensaver. (laughs) (laughs) The whole movie's just pipes wriggling around. (laughs) The whole movie is Shrek on a journey from one side of the screen to the other, bouncing off into the corner and then back over to the other side again. (laughs) So originally we were saying that uh, it was known as a Chris Farley film, but sadly, the guy died during... R.I.P. Farley. Really miss you, Chris. The, the really greatest, miss you. I actually the love the greatest in yeah. memoriam of yeah. all time. <laughs> Sadly, the fat cunt <laughs> perished. <laughs> One too many pizzas for old Faldon. Is what I'm sure we we're making fun of, but he's truly one of all of our heroes. I must say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. a great bloke, and um, 
We miss you, Chris. <laughs> we miss you, Chris. It sounds like you're like this conspiracy theorist who doesn't believe that he's actually yeah. dead. But you know that you have to acknowledge that you have to toe the company line. And yeah, very sadly, passed away. I mean, the listeners know what I'm doing right now. I'm winking at you. You never hear those theories. Hey, there's always Tupac theories and Elvis, and Elvis. theories. Where are the Farley theories? <laughs> because it's any of the fat blokes that die, you're like, yeah, probably. If it's a fat or a really tall bloke, you're like, yeah, that guy did die for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's so they were pretty far along in it, right? Yeah, ninety like so percent of the way they say. And it was, it, it was basically it, it was like it wasn't just that he was going to be in it; it was like being developed for him, mm. right? Like mm. the person writing it was like kind of writing it, uh, tailoring it sort of around Chris's persona. persona, and he had a lot of input, right? And it wasn't it. It was a completely different story, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure if it was a completely different story, but it was. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Different vibe. Uh, cool. So I'll just play us a little clip of Chris Farley as Shrek. This is leaked uh, lost footage that was leaked in about 2015, so a couple of years ago now. And that was through WikiLeaks, right? Yeah. Assange leaked it. it was <laughs> Assange's first big break that he did. <laughs> Started small, built up to all the, all the big stuff. All right, here we go. Let's have a look. Man, there's nothing like a fire and a noble romantic mission to warm the cockles of your heart. Yeah. I like my cockles room temperature, thank you very much. Hey, if you're not doing this for cockle warming, why are you doing it? Simple. Fartwad gets his princess, I get what I want. Which is? Now, come on, what do you want? I don't have time to set it to music. Oh, this is another one of those onion things. No, this is one of those drop it and leave me alone things. Well, why don't you want to talk about it? Why do you want to talk about it? Why are you answering the question with a question? Why are you asking questions I don't want to answer? Why are you blocking? I'm not blocking. Then why do you have problems expressing your wants? I don't. I want you to shut up. See? 
No problem. You're just displacing your anger. Believe me, it's properly placed. You're really mad at whoever did this to you. No one did anything to me. Yes, yes, yes. Someone hurt you so bad. Someone hurt you many years ago. Leave my parents out of this. Breakthrough. Let's go with that. Let's explore family origin. Were you hugged as a child, Shrek? All right, all right. I want a home. And someone to share it with. Okay? Yes, Shrek. It's okay. And Farquaad said he'd give me my own swamp in exchange for the princess. You really think you can trust that Weasley oil rag, don't you? Hmm. Yeah, right. But now I'm going to have what he wants. <laughs> Boy, has he underestimated you. Yeah, he can join the club. People see me and they go, Ah! Help! A big, stupid, stinky, smelly, ugly ogre! I'm so scared! They judge me before they even know me. My folks always told me that everyone loves ogres. I see. So, I guess they were a little overprotective. A little? That's why I gotta do this. I want them to know I can take care of myself. Now you want to make them proud. Yeah. You know what? When we met, I didn't think he was just a big, stupid, ugly ogre. Mm-hmm. I know. Night, Shrek. Night, doggy. So it's kind of a different take on the character, just a little bit, because more... What do, you, what do you think about it's so different? It's kind of more sensitive, but more exasperated. And I think Chris Farley, he's kind of more of a gross-out comedian. Not gross-out comedian, but he can kind of play someone who can be a bit disgusting, but in a way that builds um, sympathy for the character. I definitely mm. think there's a little more warmth in there. Like, I buy it. I mean, I... I... Yeah, I remember reading that big article that went around a little while ago about, about yeah, Farley's involvement and how deep in it was and mm. people sort of saying about who worked on about what he brought to the character. And I, I like that clip. Like, I I would love to see... I'd love to see more of that. Mm. I'd love to see the version of the movie that he was in. Who it's, knows? It's way more verbal than the movie that we saw. Like, yeah. There's not as much back and forth between the two. Uh, like that scene is in the movie, but it's way shorter. Mm. They don't have that much of a discussion. Yeah. And it's pretty much just Shrek shuts him down. They talk about the stars and then they lay there. And that's yeah. it. But even that clip that we just watched, like the... Um, the it, It's set to storyboards, like mm. rough storyboards. And they're rough little cartoons. And see... They look better than yeah, what the do. film looks like. Yeah. like. They look more stylized, don't they? Yeah. They look like- I, I, I mean, you know what? They probably, if it had been 10 years before or whenever they were trying to do it, it probably would have ended up being 2D, right? Like, yeah. they just wouldn't have been able mm. to do it. Um, they maybe probably that would have been cool. It would have, if it was in that style of those storyboards, <laughs> yeah. that would have looked cool. Yeah, because it's more stylized. It's more in the vein of what the book looks like. It's really goofy and cartoony looking, which I think would have suit like that sort of style would have suited Farley's voice a little mm. bit more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, you know. But it's no they, knock they on did, Mike. Yeah, like, I mean. I don't want to take money out of Mike's wallet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, look, they did. They clearly did the, the you know, it's, it's like me here going like, oh, if only they'd done this. The film made fucking a yeah. billion dollars for everyone who's yeah. involved in it. So, so you're what do I know? You're I'm glad wrong. Chris Farley died, right? That's what your <laughs> yeah. takeaway is? Yeah. yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> I think the only difference is that where we also really appreciate this other actor and it's great to see another role for someone that we will sadly never see another because... role for because he ate too many roles. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Too many rolls. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Mike came on through uh, after sadly Chris did pass away. He did. He came on through after that, and he started the doing fucking ambulance yeah. chaser of Hollywood. <laughs> And so Mike, Mike, he tried a different way. He tried a few different voices. He tried a Canadian accent, tried a country accent. They couldn't really work. And then that's what they say. I'm just assuming it's just rural, like a rural twang. Do you want to give it a shot? Like a country and western singer. Yeah, like donkey, like that. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't work. Little hick. Uh, So unfortunately. Uh, he, he sadly did pass away. So Mike <laughs> was brought on board, and then um, he. Oh wait, sorry. Farley was trying different accents. No, no. Mike no, sorry. Was, Mike comes Mike in was. and starts trying different accents. And so he, um, they, they got quite a way through, almost finished with Mike, and then he said, "I want to try something else. Try the Scottish accent." And they're like, "This is great. This is going to work." And so before they spent that, was... millions of dollars to try to re-record all these dialogue, yeah. and re kind of reconstruct a lot of the film so it could be, you know done with the whole Scottish mm. accent with that persona. And because I, I, maybe you guys have touched on this, mm. but, m- you know, Mike has a reputation as being like a, a bit of a uh, pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah. And I'm sure this is probably one of the, one of the mm. bigger ones that's contributed to that. It's the first time I ever heard of it. I remember at the time hearing that he made them re-record all the dialogue yeah. to do the Scottish accent. And that was the first time I'd heard that it was difficult. And obviously we've heard way more. Like we've told story and heard stories yeah. on this podcast of like him having little plastic tunnels that run from his trailer to set so he doesn't right. have to see well anything. that's crazy yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. insane but it also when you think about it in this context where his one decision to make this character scottish uh made them like that a lot is of people the say character it made yeah, the movie that is the character. Yeah. and yeah. it kind of justifies for him i would say his position to say like i come with these ideas we should take these risks and a lot of the time it seems to have paid off well it's mm. the same thing i mean yeah I, on when he was on uh, mark maron's podcast mm. and he sort of talks about mm. it he talks about having that huge fight about bohemian rhapsody and yeah. them wanting to put a a a, a, a popular pop song of the time in there yeah. and him going no that'll date if we just use something that's already super old and again like that's one of the most iconic yeah. scenes of any movie so mm. it's kind of hard to shit on the guy too much when by and large like mm. his decisions that i'm sure have been a huge pain in the ass for whoever's working with him and yes difficult but has i mean i can't imagine i just can't imagine that character without that voice of like it's such not. a huge yeah. part I would think, I mean, maybe he could have worked that out a lot earlier on in the process. <laughs> yeah. I would argue that that's kind of part of his job of why he got brought on yeah. to not just sort of mm. sit in the sound booth and work it out on the day. Yeah, but apparently he did it for free. He didn't charge any extra for, to do that. Oh, right. But then it did cost him it like co- $4 I mean, million dollars yeah. to, to do it. What, to to like reanimate anyway. things? Yeah, yeah. all the lip syncing and yeah. stuff exactly. like that. You, yeah. And it's so Mike as well, that Scottish accent. That's something we associate with him a lot. He, fat Bastard, of course, famously Scottish. Also famously <laughs> Fat Shrek's both of those things, <laughs> and also the dad from So I Married an Axe Murderer, also Scottish. Yeah, and I did a little bit of research to figure out like what the Scottish accent means to him in the context of this film, mm-hmm. and it makes the Mike stuff work. The magic, the Mike magic works for me here because that the Scottish accent was what his mother used to read him fairy tales in. Right. So his huh. mother is from Liverpool, so is his dad. They're English. But to kind of make those stories feel a little bit more stagey, she would use a Scottish accent for some of the characters. Which mm. just makes it even more insane, <laughs> given that it's fairy tales, yeah. mm. that he didn't day one yeah. come in and try it like that. 
Yeah. What was he doing? <laughs> and he had just done Fat Bastard as well. Like, it's surely yeah. it's on the tip of his tongue. All well, the time. I mean, maybe that's what it was about. Trying like, to not wanting to just do it. the same thing again. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. I, I kind of was trying to remember the timeline of it on the way over here. And it's sort of him agreeing to do this. It's sort of something that you would think someone would do much later on in their career mm. after that. Like, you know, so Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's in it and he's, you know, at that point... You know he's not the big comedy yeah. superstar. He's not the cool. He's mm. not the cool guy. But you know Mike's still riding on the success yeah. of Austin Powers too. It's only two years after that. Exactly. So but it's the such only a thing he's done of, really since. It's a weird time to decide to do something to not like be that. Visual, like yeah, to like yeah. disappear a bit. Because voice acting in those kinds of things, I think generally, yeah, for for franchising at least. I mean, not that they knew that it would necessarily be a franchise, but. Mm. Yeah, you would think it would be a thing where he would, mm. you know, it's generally people that are like, okay, well, nothing else is going on. Like, this is the right time to do this. Uh, yeah, it's a weird... And it's odd for a guy like him to do it as well because he, like, granted, he's got a talented voice. He can do lots of great different voices. But he's such a visual actor. He's such mm. a physical actor. Uh, not in the way that's like Jim Carrey where he's like yeah. over the top. He's over the top, but... It's kind of in a way that's subtle where he can yes. wink at the camera but also be totally real in the moment as well. And so I think doing something like this must be so challenging like to kind of take away like 80% of what your acting is. Well, you said something to me uh, or to both of us earlier that actually I think is a great way of understanding why he may have done it. You said that you think Shrek as a character is mm. sort of a stand-in for where Mike yeah. was at that time in his career as someone who... Just wanted to be alone or wanted yeah. to be left alone. So we're charting him film by film. Mm. And we've, this is the like probably phase three of what we're calling the yeah. MCU, the Mike Cinematic Universe, <laughs> where the first phase is he's the young gun who like breaks out. And then we got that's kind of Wayne's World, Saturday yeah. Night Live to mm. Wayne's World 2. And then he comes out with Austin Powers and that like breaks him out to a whole new level where yeah. he's creating his own characters and kind of being seen as this big comedic voice and auteur. And now we're at phase three where he's the biggest star in the world. Yes. But this film, it's him like wanting to like you know he's known as like this big bombastic guy but shrek is quite a small introverted character mm. like he's not big at all he's kind of the most human character out of everyone that he's played where shrek is all pathos like all he is is just a curmudgeon but in a way that's quite sensitive as well well and the other thing is at this point of his career he still is like writing everything himself mm. so everything he makes mm. is his own creation so I guess he ended up having a lot of influence over the character, but again, it's weird for him to decide to do something where he's mm. not got, or it's not his baby. Yeah. Like you would think, because he's still what is he? A couple of years before when's when's Goldmember? Like two thousand Goldmember is two thousand three, I believe. Yeah. it's the next one along. It's the next yeah. film. But so surely that's percolating at the time, and he knows that that's going to happen and be really big. Yeah, it's such a it's a it's a weird. I mean, obviously it's paid. I mean, it's paid off because now he is that guy that doesn't really have other stuff. Yeah, you know, happening. He's not the big you know comedy mm. force anymore. Yeah, and they're still churning out Shrek stuff, so it's still there. So it's kind of paid off. I mean, I wonder how. Yeah, I just would love to know what what drew him to it, like what he, you know, what the thinking was at the time. Yeah, well, that's why I think he related to the character. That's why I think he did it. He right. liked the idea of someone who wanted to be left alone and then like had builds their own little world mm. to himself at the end in the swamp. Yeah, 
That's my theory. Anyway, I liked that. So maybe this is a swamplands of Mike's career. <laughs> <laughs> where he's isolated himself in the swamp. And even now today, the news broke today that Mike bought a new apartment. He brought a condominium that's house-sized in Tribeca, the exclusive area of Tribeca in New York City. And in the headline, it says a paparazzi-free zone. So now how does that that's work? A swamp. I don't know. <laughs> no Surely cameras. it's just because no celebrities live there. But yeah, now probably. one does, so mm. there'll probably be people... I think a few... Cel- De Niro lives down there. Oh, okay. Oh, God, I would love to be a fly on that wall of him and Mike just talking about comedy and stuff because they're two Wait, of the biggest comedy ever. So you assume ever. that now... That they're just living in the same area. That this is definitely happening. It's got to be <laughs> the happening. De Niro Myers chinwag is is fated in the stars yeah, at this point. Jay Roach is there talking about Austin and meet the parents. They're like, we got to team them up. That's we got to we got to cross link. these yeah. over. Oh, that's a good Austin four pitch. If De Niro was in it meet, as the bad grandpa character, what about Meet the Powers, where okay. Ben Stiller and Jay Roach like and uh, Robert De Niro like, what? hey, we we got a new guy in the family. He's like, yes, baby, it's Wait, so me. So the way you just said it, so Jay Roach is in the movie. <laughs> yeah, the director's in it. Yeah, it's meta. You know, it's cool. Yeah, it's he's got to be acting now. I mean, the guy's not directing that much. Yeah, that's amazing. The image of Mike talking to his old pal Jay Roach. He's like, oh, look, you know, I wanted to be away from everyone, but. Man, I'm just really lonely in this area of Tribeca. He's like, I've actually got a good buddy who lives in the area. I'll, I'll set you up. And then he's hanging out. And he's with like, Danilo. Are you talking about me? <laughs> oh, it's to be. Are you talking about me? Ima- oh yeah. Uh, let's go into some bad open mic comedy. Imagine that. Uh, imagine that conversation. Are you talking to me? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great bit though. That's a great that bit. That's a good bit. Do I make you horny? Like, that's De Niro, like, doing it. I was trying to do a bit of a... Was there any scenes that did make you horny in this film? Mm, probably the scene where the dragon rims Shrek. That yes! Is on. Yes! Uh, Shrek, Shrek gets uh, falls down ass up. The dragon does kiss his butt, thinking it's donkey. Yeah, mm. and Shrek's like, oh, wow, I never even considered this <laughs> as a viable option, yeah, but that no. felt good. That Having felt that big old dragon hot. tongue up my shit, I felt really <laughs> good. <laughs> um, that dragon has penetrated the swamp lands. <laughs> pretty much the dragon, I think, is a sexy character. You There's, did. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you, you yeah. kept saying that, and I was waiting for you to sort of pull back and go, here's the joke I'm making. No, yeah. I just was turned on by it. you just kept saying it yeah. really earnestly. Like, you, at one point you went, the dragon's got really... look." She, no, you went, see, look, she's got beautiful eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and you did have a cushion on your lap the whole movie. It was real weird. And then when I, <laughs> I had a bowl of popcorn at one point and I tried so hard to poke my dick through the whole bowl. But like, unfortunately, it was a ceramic yeah, bowl. Couldn't it wasn't. Get through. <laughs> couldn't get through. I've got a history of, be, of being sexually attracted to... Um, Dragons? Animals in Okay. Film. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What's your number one? No, uh, I know cool. what number what, one is. What is it? It's the goldfish from Pinocchio. Yeah, the clear the goldfish <laughs> from Pinocchio was my first crush. I think I got my first stiffy to her. Because she, she's sexy, she's cool. <laughs> she's funny. She's got beautiful yeah. eyes. And then she comes up out of the water and she pecks Pinocchio on the cheek. And I used to imagine that was my cheek. Oh, God, that would nice. feel so good, getting a little kiss fish. Yeah, your nice. wife told me that story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sometimes make her wear flippers. It's fucked. I like it. I like it. It's fucked. There is a lot of... There's kind of a lot of weird sex stuff in there this is. movie, right? Well, so, can we, we haven't even mentioned this. So, this was my problem with it, watching it back where, uh-huh. you know, like, 
Kids, Disney movies and Pixar movies, yeah. you know, it's always been like, oh, these movies are actually cool because they sneak in little references for the parents. Yeah, but you're not going to be bored out of your mind yeah, with this. But this has the most overt <laughs> one that, where the main villain is just called Lord Farquaad, <laughs> which is meant to be, I guess, that his name sounds like Fuckwad. <laughs> like, and we were trying to figure out what Fuckwad is. Is yeah. Fuckwad just come Like a Fuckwad? A what of fuck. Yeah. yeah. But Obviously. it's so on the nose. Like, it's yeah. not even... Like, I remember being 15 and going, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, it's yeah. not even... It's not even subtle. It's so... As I said before... What did you call it? A character called... I said, it's like if there was just a character called Mr. Cunt. And it's like, <laughs> we got you, Dad. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. This has gone right over Junior's head. You sit here. You sit back and have a good time. That's just a little something for Daddy that we slipped in. something for Daddy. Um, but th- there's a scene of Farquaad in bed that I think is one of the horniest scenes <laughs> In the film, yes. because he's lying in bed topless, and it's yeah. like the shat. It's like the same bed in Austin Powers, where it's like a yes. zebra pin mattress, and it's like circular. And he's got his nips out. He's got a hairy little chest, not unlike Austin. And he's basically getting the mirror, mirror on the wall to keep playing back clips of the princess, and then the mirror turns to you see the mirror's face and he looks sad because he's probably watching him jerk off like the mirror's <laughs> eyes can't turn off when he's playing the images for him and he looks so disappointed wouldn't that be the ultimate fucking hell that's like a black mirror episode yeah yeah you, yeah. you just have to project porn at someone but you have to watch them jerk off every single time <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like hell to some, but heaven to others, if you ask me. <laughs> not me, though, not me. There's, um, yeah, the whole love plot of the donkey and the dragon mm. is just weird. That's super mm. fucked up. I'm into it, um, because I'm into her. Yeah. She's, she's hot, she's pretty delicious. And, um, and I like the idea that he's so small, and that uh, we talked about this on Shrek the yeah. Balls. To have sex with her, he probably just has to go right up her mutt, like full body up there. Jerk off up in there and then come back out. <laughs> so the way he impregnates her is he's in standing inside her, yeah. jerks off, just leaves the puddle on the ground, which is actually in her. her ca- it's yeah. her cavernous he vagina. <laughs> and then just walks back out. Yeah, he whoops it out of there. And somehow that's doing the trick. <laughs> yeah, but that's the difference between kids and adults. Kids are just like, well, that's funny. And then you're just like, how do they Fuck, does yeah. he climb into her, dude? Does she come? Does he have to hoof around her bean a little bit? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you grotty little boy. <laughs> well, this is weird to bring up, but we, when we were watching it, we were like... Like the character of Fiona, mm. yeah. there's there's way too much boobs going on for a, yeah. for it's a kids' true. film, for yeah. an animated yeah. kids' film. Yeah. She's too stacked and it's weird. It's <laughs> and there's no reason weird. for it because she's such a slim person <laughs> no and they just chuck all these huge bazongos on her. <laughs> and it's just like, who's that for? There's not. It's not like some teenager's in there who's taken like babysitting a few little kids <laughs> who's taken them in and he's like... Fuck yeah, bros. Look at her. <laughs> Fuck it. Hell, bros. Yes, dude. You know, that's, that's not in there. That's great. The dad there with his kid <laughs> in the cinema. As soon as Fiona appears on screen from behind you in the cinema, you just see her. Fucking hell. <laughs> the dad keeps running off to the dunny to have <laughs> Coming back in. Oh, fuck. She's on screen again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's beautiful too. Look, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. 
And it is, I mean, yeah, I was saying this when we are watching it, but it's a bit problematic where it's like, so Fiona is, her true form is that she's an ogre. Mm. And it's like you see her as the ogre and it's meant to be like, yuck, oh. <laughs> and she's, she just looks like she weighs like 75 kilos. Like yeah. she's not even that big. Yeah, she's tiny. She's a bit yeah. chubby. Like, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, Ugh, gross. <laughs> and she hates herself too. And she's like, I oh, know I'm revolting. And Donkey's like, yeah, you are, babe. What the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, it is pretty fucked up. But then uh, exactly the message at the end is be yourself, right? Where she's like, she takes love's true form. Mm. Yeah. Which I guess just means she's an ogre forever. But right? she still yeah. needs a man to let her know that yeah. she looks okay. Yeah. That's problematic. Okay, that is problematic. Yeah, that's like... She can't just be happy with that by herself. No. He has to come and give her a big old smooch. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with being Well, it's a twisted me. fairy tale. A little <laughs> bit twisted. They live ugly ever after at the end, it says. That's what it does say. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. And they, they do for at least four more movies, I believe. And two Netflix spin-offs. Yeah. Well, the Shrek, the Shrek franchise has really penetrated the culture in a weird way. Like, Much like a donkey and a dragon's <laughs> vagina. It's just it hoofing around, hoof around on the beat of pop culture. <laughs> Let's keep saying it so that he can't edit it out. <laughs> well, from bean to meme, we're talking memes here now. So Shrek is like this weird meme in like popular culture right now so shrek yes please so shrek is currently going through i guess you could call it a a, a pop culture renaissance mm, it was kind of like how b movie is right now yes this weird meme shrek was like that maybe two or three years ago yeah and speaking of this meme i didn't tell you guys this but i actually watched shrek twice today <laughs> once without you i watched it earlier today <laughs> And the version that I watched was on YouTube. It's called Shrek, but every time he smiles, it gets 5% faster. <laughs> and it runs at a total of 8 minutes and 22 oh, seconds wow. long. That sounds amazing. And do you know what? It was only uploaded on December 19th, 2016. So like okay. two, three weeks ago. It has 3 million views. That's amazing. That sounds incredible. So what is this um, Shrek is Love thing? I've never watched it, but I have heard people reference it a few times. So Shrek is Love Mm. is a couple of videos that this dude made and they're kind of 3D animated pretty poorly, however still a bit better than the original (laughs) animation of the original film. It's not of dissimilar quality. Yeah, and it's basically this guy telling this story very kind of earnestly and softly about how when he was a kid... He had this Shrek toy and he would dream about the Shrek toy coming to life and fucking it. <laughs> and, and it's very graphic and it's like, I legitimately love them because yeah. the vibe of them is so weird and eerie <laughs> and it's <clears throat> it's super unsettling and I, I fucking love them. Like, yeah. I cannot recommend them enough if, if you like kind of just weird <laughs> stuff like that. So they went around like a few years ago, but now like the big, like, like Smash Mouth are a meme now. Yeah. yeah. Being into Shrek as like a sexual fetish is a meme. Mm. It's really, and it did make it like the very 
first bit of the film when we were watching it when that Smash Mouth song is playing. Yeah. I was like, man, it's hard to watch this as a film. Yeah. Like, I know. And also Shrek is like nude for the whole start of the film as well. He's yes. Like washing it's like himself the start of jet. Austin Powers by Shagley where he's <laughs> go- he's gooch and dick is covered quite subtly throughout the whole thing. <laughs> he's gooch. That yeah. would be great. So that's the one thing. <laughs> if his thing dick is covered, that, they show he's gooch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that Mike insists upon is that they just recreate the opening scene from Austin Powers too. Yeah. So like he's walking along and like in place of his dick it's just like Pinocchio's nose. It just keeps growing. It's <laughs> like as Shrek's getting hard, Pinocchio's just saying lies to like yeah. make his nose bigger to hide the dick. <laughs> Dirty. Dirty daddy. Mm. I'm I'm gonna I have been hearing about this Shrek is life, Shrek is love thing for so long. And I have now. I need to see it. It's yeah. must see. We should watch it after this. It's pretty yeah. great. Let's do it. I'm a big fan. One of the yeah. It's weird that Smash Mouth as well is also this big meme right now. Like there's that that fat guy on webcams that just sings yeah. any song, but or he only he sings any song as a cover, but he uses the lyrics to what's this? Somebody wants All Tommy. Star. What's the name All of yeah. that song? That All song, yeah. like people, like mm. that song is just it's in every dumb internet thing now. People, yeah. yeah. People are obsessed with it. It's so weird. And it's uh, people often associate with Shrek, but let me tell you this, as a scholar of film history, that was actually produced for Mystery Men, mm-hmm. the Ben Stiller movie. Yeah, good film. Yeah, nothing else to say there. Just, <laughs> just telling I you tried. a fact. Yeah. I tried to get it off the back of it. <laughs> You're so good. Thank you so much, Tommy, for trying to help uh, me I, out. I checked out. I checked out. So did I. Like, halfway through, like, why am I fucking telling this? Who gives a shit? So do people care? And I guess you'll get to them all eventually, mm. but to sort of look ahead a bit, do people care about the other Shrek films? So two... Two, I remember personally not really liking, but yeah. I think it was. I remember. Enough. I mainly well, remember the hype for it. Yeah, I can bear. I couldn't tell you a thing that happens in the film except maybe Puss in Pussy in Boots. They introduced Puss in Boots, which yeah. just had its own spin-off yeah. film, right? And yeah, people love that character. Yeah, but how many have they done? Thing. Have they done four? They've done four Shreks. They've done Shrek, Shrek <laughs> Two, Shrek the, the Third, Shrek Forever After. That's right. And then there's these two spin-offs. And there's on also Netflix. Shrek Five currently in production, being written by the co-writer of Spy Shack Me. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so that's going to be happening. I hope. Mike, Mike uh, <laughs> taking care of his little buddy over there. Yeah, and um, I remember I saw Shrek Two in the cinema, and I remember it. I saw it not because I loved Mike. Because Jennifer Saunders plays the mother, yeah. and I was a big yeah. Ab Fab heads when I was like thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking weird thirteen-year-old! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this it clicks for me though. It makes sense that you were really an Ab Fab. <laughs> I read just the other day um, this Reddit theory that. The donkey is one of the children from Pinocchio who has been turned into a donkey oh. on pleasure. Oh, that's cool. Is that weird? That's a little bit weird. It's <laughs> too wacky. Because then it, it makes him sadder if he mm. used to be a boy and yeah, now he's just cool. stuck in a donkey body. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say it's canon. Great fan theory. Nice. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of our discussion of Shrek. Mm-hmm. Now, we've we've talked about it. Let's check it. mm Tommy, would you like to check this movie first? Do you think it's good or bad? I think it's... I I didn't... It didn't hold up for me watching it as an mm. adult. Like, I can watch Toy Story now and still love it. Yeah. I didn't... It, it didn't hold up for me personally in that way. That said, if I had a kid, you know, I would, I would definitely 
I would not hesitate to show it to a kid. Like, I think it holds up in the way of, like, being a good kids movie, but I think as a, yeah, watching it as an adult, it feels a bit dated. Yeah. So, I guess, what does that mean? I guess, I guess it's still good. Mm. It's just not for me. I think I'm with you too. I think it's not for us anymore. That's yeah. it. It's yeah. just like, we're not the audience. We probably were when it came out, or we were just on the cusp of being mm. the audience. I mean, as much as, I mean, all that stuff that I liked about it, that it wasn't, that it was doing that was different to how Disney do things at the time has ended up making it more dated. Yeah, Like, yeah, the, totally. there's a Matrix joke in there for I fuck's know, sake. Like, that's just... And it's still not funny to me. Yeah. It's not funny. <laughs> it was never... Fa- it wasn't that... Like, has there been anything like that since? That thi- that uh, a stylistic thing in a film being that big mm. that mm. all you had to do to get credit was just... Just do it. Yeah. Like, not even making yeah, a comment true. about it. Literally just doing it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was... A Juice Bigelow had a Matrix joke Yeah, Juice like Bigelow that. did, yeah. And, like, the there scary must, movies, probably. Yeah. There must be online a supercut of every bullet time reference from cinema around the time of The Matrix coming out. Someone must yeah, have. Yeah, it was... Together. You're right. Those That whole um, pop culture riffing and the pop songs thing... Uh, DreamWorks especially have done mm. that again and again and again. Yeah. Like every Madagascar film that comes out. But what does it say when Smash Mouth is the least dated thing about a film? <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, that's Isn't true. That that's true. Yeah. I felt a, like I, I felt a tiny bit of nostalgia when the movie started and Smash yeah. Mouth started going. Yeah. And I, I think this is the most I've ever liked Shrek. Hmm. I finally got, I got it. I finally fucking got it, guys. I mean, I will say right <laughs> at the end. I understand strength. <laughs> I will say right at the end when he's in the chapel and he's like busted in on the wedding, which, which again, what is it yeah. with Mike Myers and doing movies know, where he's like ruining weddings? Yeah. yeah, graduate um, reference. Where uh, the Lord Farquaad is like, uh, oh, like. Please call him Mr. Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cunt was my father. Yeah. Um, where he's like, oh, oh, he's in love with the princess. He thinks he could be. I did. Mm. I did. Got me. I felt a bit yeah. of a pang of like, oh, yeah, poor old guy. That was the most exciting part of the movie when all the guards were separating them and they were reaching out for each yes. other's hands. Yes. I was like, oh, finally some fucking energy. And it was cool to see exactly. Shrek be and the editing was cool. Yeah, yeah, and he was beating up people. That's it. Cool. The start is cool and that end bit is cool, but just all the the action sequence. And there's just a lot of walking mm. around being morose in the middle, which I w- I wish a bit more was. Yeah. I wish a bit more was happening. I wish that there were a bit more stakes for for the rest of it. But um but yeah, I mean yeah. It's 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 still yeah, I mean it's still it's not a bad film. Mm. It just doesn't uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not one you can revisit, I don't think, in your in your twenties or thirties yeah. and, and be yeah. like, Oh, this is still yeah. Like not to keep bringing it up, but Toy Story is Time, we like, get it. You time. love Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we checked it, and it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's just not for us. Yeah, but mm. we have to watch another six hours of Shrek, probably. For and this I, I will say, I think maybe my skepticism now about it is like watching it, knowing that that franchise just gets absolutely mm. wrung dry for everything yeah. that is is in it. Like, yeah, true. It's hard to not watch it with the. Sort of cynical view of, you know, what's coming for the next, what, 15 years yeah. of them just, yeah. Well, we're at the dark times of our podcast now. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Shrek and stuff over and over again. I know. But thank you so much for listening, Horny Babies. We love you, obviously, so much. Tommy, why don't you plug some shit that you got going Okay, on? I have a podcast called The Little Dum Dum Club, which mm-hmm. is just us um, talking shit with comedian guests every week. And then I do another one called Filthy Casuals, which is about video games, where it's just comedians talking about video games. So it's it's if you like games, but you don't want to, you know, you, 
we're a bit silly about games. Mm. We're just trying to be mm. funny about games and not be like super mouth breathers about it. So, uh, yeah, those two things. I'm doing shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and stuff. TommyDassley.com is my website where you can find all that stuff. And you have nudes on there as well? That's yes. A, okay. Yes, sick. it's all nudes. It's the show. It's it's like a little flash game that you have to play, (laughs) where you're being chased around by my dick, and if you win the game, then the ticketing link comes up. Your your dick gushes out the ticketing link, (laughs) splooges info. You have to what hoof it, hoof it around, hoof around the beam. Oh god, that was um, that was beautiful. Thanks for doing the show, man. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And uh, your Twitter. Oh, at Dasselow. I'm at, this is Lexi Cameron, you're at. Oh, I am Cameron James, and we are at Mike Check Pod. Keep listening to the show. Keep uh, sending us requests for spin-offs you want to see. Yeah, so if you like what you heard, even if you didn't, give us five stars on iTunes. And in your <laughs> review, write what you think our next spin-off episode should be. We just did one on Jim Carrey called Alrighty Now, Alrighty Then. Mm-hmm. Can I pitch my one and see what the listeners think of it? Yes, please. Uh, I said before that I think because of this movie, you should do one about Smash mouth yeah you should yep, do an episode true. where you go through the discography of smash mouth what would we because they'll have it? some deep cuts that i think i think there'll be i think once you look into that band you'll find there's probably some pretty interesting stuff that's my big about. fear actually is that i'll just <laughs> humanizing them a huge fan <laughs> <laughs> and i'll be that one guy at the parties like they're actually really good yeah they're pretty cool man the album tracks are like <laughs> yeah. right you gotta go past the singles <laughs> yeah. they've got some deep cuts that are real killer like legitimately good songs <laughs> We just got one uh, from Catherine T on iTunes, which is quite fortuitous. The star, Forrest Gump's favourite mama and Burt Reynolds' favourite hussy, Sally Field, called Field of Dreams. Wow. Oh, so we pick one Sally Field film to watch. I mean, it's probably going to be Gump. Yeah, Mm. probably. That's the one. Yeah. She's so hot in that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you review the book? The sequel book? (laughs) Yeah, I'll do that. Guys, thank you so much for listening to... I forgot what we were talking about. Mike, (laughs) thank you so much for listening to Mike Check with Cameron James Lakes and Toliopolis. You've also got the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. Uh, We're on break there for a little bit, but we just did our best of 2016 episode. And it's great. If you haven't checked it out yet, listen to that. We'll see you next time, Horny Babies, where we'll be discussing... Austin Powers in Goldmember. Oh, I can't wait. I absolutely that. can't wait. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. That's going to be great. We'll see you then, guys. And we love you. Stay horny. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast that my-